of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. It is busted. You had Boston win the whole thing, right? Not going to happen. The Pacers win it by seven. And Indy is moving on to Vegas. I know point differential doesn't matter in the knockout round, right? Well, Halliburton's final three, or Heald's final three, rather, makes it a ten-point final. All right, that's what it sounded like on NBC Sports Boston last night as the Celtics eliminated from the in-season tournament, losing to the Pacers 122-112. A little confusion there at the end, but it was a 10-point uh, defeat. Celtics played without Kristaps Porzingis. They've played a few games now without Kristaps Porzingis. First time they lost the game without Porzingis. Tatum and Brown both go for 30. And uh, Tyrese Halliburton who I love, I've always loved, uh, has his first career triple-double and leads the Pacers to the win. So they move on to the semifinals in Vegas of the in-season tournament. This is hour number two of the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart. And Hart, first of all, you're uh, you're pro in-season tournament, right? No. Okay. Not even close. <laughs> so Stupid. So this thing, I can't really argue with you on that. I don't know. It does seem like the players care, though, which it was... One debate yeah, I had, Tatum. I wanted to f and go yeah. to Vegas. I think, but like, didn't you think the game played out as if like that's two teams that wanted to win that? Like, there was no like, eh, yeah. I don't care. Like, I think they wanted to win. That's what they were hoping for. I think the league was just hoping for more regular season games. Like, they needed to incentivize it because so many guys just kind of coast through, especially like the really good teams. And then, isn't that a problem? It is. Aren't and, they magnifying a problem rather than, um, or are making, they trying to solve it? Well. But the the problem is there's only a handful of these games. Yeah, there's not a million of them. But you I mean, play you an 82 it. game schedule, and you're basically saying we know our teams don't always try, so we're going to pull these few handful of games and see if we can get them to try. Like, I think the whole thing is stupid. Okay. I think it right. it wastes money. Okay. I think it. What's the waste of money? What do you mean waste of money? Oh, like the for like the prize money at the oh. end. Well, how about the how league much does all those money, cost? They, the course, not enough. Evidently, they're all slippery. They got to figure um, that out. The one but, last like, night looked crazy. It's one thing if you just say it's creating fan interest, but I think you're right. They it they are attempting to alter the uh, way the players play. Yeah, and that right there tells you they don't believe their players laid on the line every game. No, I think that's that's bad. I think that's right. But what I think they've tried in the past. There's been rules about. You know, don't sit your guys during primetime games or, oh, yeah. hey, we'll try to make sure that the primetime games aren't on the second night of a back-to-back. Like, they knew this. I blame Popovich. There might be other guys. I blame Popovich for, at the end of the Duncan days, it's like Duncan and Ginobili and Parker. Like, oh, you guys could sit. And then right. we don't even care what seed we're going to be, and we're still going to win the NBA title. And then teams are like, oh, so resting guys is the way to go. Like, that really was a change, I think, with Popovich. Because if you go back... I feel like Jordan and Pippen and Stockton and Malone, those guys played like 82 games a year. Like they played every game and they played their tail off. So yeah, I've it, always questioned load management. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, I don't I'd know. like to see the proof, right? the studies, the because even this year there was a lot of talk in Patriots camp. Like it's easy and we're managing loads and guys are getting to, and I'm like, for what? Do you have proof that that means the guy will play better in December? 
because you no. give him a practice off in mid-August or you let him watch on the sideline in mid-August. Like, no. I, I'm not a big believer in any of that, but I think just this in particular, it's magnifying the idea or the belief yeah. that their normal games are not uh, at the highest compete level or aren't on the up and up. And I know we always say it like football is different because there's such a short season and every game can really alter careers and seasons. Yeah. I mean, the three but I, sports that play 82, 82, and 162. Yeah. Cut them in half. Go 41 or, right. or 80. Like, so they're obviously not going to do that because of nope. a money thing. So then they're nope. like, all right, what else can we do? And then now they're stealing ideas from soccer. But I, I think the players cared a little bit more about it than I thought that they would. Whereas I still don't know if or why the fans would care about it. And I also think we'll see how this plays out over the next few years. The team that wins the in-season tournament is going to need to win the NBA title that same year, or it's going to be cursed. It's going to be one of those things where, like, oh, you don't want to win the in-season tournament right. because you're not – that team has never won the NBA title, and then that will go on for a long time, and eventually it will get snapped. But, yeah, I I don't really care about it. The one thing that I guess I had some interest in was the night that they needed to – they needed to beat – who was it? Or uh, whoever by twenty three points. Remember that game? Oh uh, yeah, the, Billy Donovan was pissed. Yeah, he was pissed. So you're steaming about that. So that was like the one kind of interest because you're like, all right, are they going to go for it? Like they're up big. Are they going to go for it? And they did. But then all but the it wasn't players, a good thing. No, but then all the players cried about it. Like yeah. on both teams, they were like, oh, they, like I felt bad for Andre Drummond. I'm like, don't feel bad for Andre Drummond. And then all the Celtics players were all like conflicted about it. But what emerged from that was actually. The one quote from Joe Missoula in a year and a half that I actually liked the guy. I don't think I like anything Missoula says. He okay. was asked he was asked if he cares what Billy Donovan and other coaches think right. about him. And I'll paraphrase, he was like, No, nah, I don't care about that. And I was like, right. Wow. Great. Like in in a league where everybody's buddies, even the coaches are buddies, the players are all buddies. Also one of the reasons why you don't have a lot of really meaningful regular season games is because there's what's the rivalry? Like where are the rivalries? I there are a couple. Like I think was it the Grizzlies and the Warriors hate each other, but like you kind of need John Morant back for that. There are a few. I think Sixers Celtics is good. There are a few other ones around the league, but because everybody loves each other. They're like, oh, let's go out there and just have like a fun game. It's like, it's like you're playing pickup almost. It's like, no, no, no. You, there should be like these built-in rivalries, which you wouldn't need to have an in-season tournament in order to get two teams kind of at each other's throats and in 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 December really caring about who wins. But you're not going to get that. That's you are not so old. I mean, these guys <laughs> all hang out in the summer and yep. play oh, and, yeah. and pick up games and hang out at Jordan Land and all these different things. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. I liked that Missoula quote. That was also that when he told the story about his dad in the point differential in yes. Brazil, yeah, where great. they had to <laughs> they, they intentionally scored on their own basket to go to overtime to try to get the six they needed or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I I like that too. But you're not going to go back to that world. I can see why he's an outsider. I can see. I mean, first of all, he's inexperienced. He hasn't been a coach long. Right. He's a young, right. developing. Right. Hasn't been around all that long. But and he and I do believe he does what he thinks is right. That's the one thing I like about Joe Missoula. 
Is yeah. that, I don't he believe he's right what he's often. No, 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 no. I don't agree but with a lot of it. it. But, no, he does. And, yeah. and I love that. Like, we always say that. you got to be yourself. you yep. got to do what you think is right. Go down yeah. doing it your way. Don't try to be... You know, don't try to be Brad Stevens. Don't try to right. be Bill Belichick. Don't try to be your mentor. Be you. And he for, he definitely does that. It may not work. It may blow up in their right. faces and waste multiple years of Tatum and Brown's well, career. Possible. But. Possible. Uh, let's go to the phones. We've got Bernie in Methuen on the Celtics. What do you got, Bernie? How you doing tonight, Rich and Andy? Doing all right. Good. I appreciate your show. You guys do a good job. Thank you. Thank you. Just got, just got really frustrated with the Celtics last night, you know? Yep. Mm. There seem there seems to be some really trending things that need to be improved, especially these turnovers. Eighteen turnovers in one game, and their coaching, in my opinion, last night, Missoula was out coached by Carlisle, and then in the end of the game, when usually you know there's a handshake or an acknowledgement of each other, he just turns around and walks out walks off the court without yep. even, you know, paying any type of respect to Rick Carlisle, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's just frustrating. I've been watching the Celtics for, you know, decades, and they've got so much talent, and it's just it's just not happening right now. I, I, I'm kind of like, can't figure it out, you know? Their, their third quarter collapses. They're closing out games. They look like the Patriots in the end of the game where <laughs> – they just need to, you know, play as a team and come up with a play to get over the hump. And, you know, they go into this iso ball, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just not productive. No, thanks for the call, Bernie, and uh, great stuff. And I, I agree with you, too, on the on the third quarter. I mean, they've had so many bad third quarters. They got outscored by 14 points in the third quarter last night. And how many times? Now, I know they've only lost five games, right? They're 15-5. and five. But in those games that they've lost, Missoula's always like, well, it was, you know, the third quarter or, you know, it was like one quarter where like they just get pantsed and then they like turn it back around, right? Or like they have this great half and then they see it all disappear with a bad quarter. And the other thing, Hart, we always talk about is you can kind of, you can really simplify the game if you want, especially the way the Celtics play it. Yep. They shot 29% from three. The Pacers shot 47 and a half from three. I've told you this Who do you think won the game? About this team. There's two things I check. Three-point shooting for both teams, turnovers. You give me those stats, and I feel like I could go about 99% telling you who won the game without seeing anything else. I don't need to see Tatum or Brown or anything else. Give me the three-point percentage for the two teams and give me the turnovers. If they're both in the 30s, then you're like, all right, let me dive in a little bit more. But if one team's in the 40s and one team's in the 20s, it's got to be like 99%. Right. right for that team. And then Especially say, they, they took them. The Pacers take a lot of threes, too, and they got guys that can knock them down. And the Celtics turn the ball over three times as often yeah, as so their like, opponent. I feel like they're going to lose that. Remember last it's year? It's kind of shocking that it was a tie game with two minutes to go based right. on those numbers. Right. Yeah. This is a game where I could have been wrong if you right. just showed me the stats and I made, and made like a, oh my God, they got smoked. And you're like, actually, no, it was a tight game late. No, they were then, right there. Both teams the had team pulled yeah. away. Both teams had decent leads. The Pacers were up 11 at one point. Celtics had like a nine-point lead at one point. And then with two minutes to go, it's tied. And that also goes back to what the caller was saying. You know, you look at the coach, even though the coach in the NBA isn't the be-all, end-all. I don't look at it like, the, like an NFL coach. But if you start losing a lot of close games... It's like, all right, what what were you doing? Like, what was your strategy there? What were you what were you calling on uh, offense and defense? But they played without Porzingis, and it was a bad Al Horford game. So, like, you, it's almost like you, you were losing your two big guys. 
Uh, Drew Holiday didn't provide much offensively. And, you know, Sam Hauser actually knocked down shots for you. So at least you got some. He was your some... three-point shooter. He was. Your he was your only guy. percentage would have been much worse oh, without yeah. him. And you did ruin the, I believe they had been 24-1 and one with the double 30s from JB and JT. Oh, and yeah, yeah, You yeah. lost a 30-30 game. Yep. Um, and I did notice the caller's right. Um, I don't know if you happen to watch the end of the game, and I don't know if Missoula was pissed about the late three, yeah, or if he just wanted to get out of there. Yeah. But he did not. He walked away and did like a. He looked back and gave like a half-assed wave back across the court and left. Well, listen, I can't. I can't be a hypocrite, right? Like I, I say, he. I don't. I, I like that he doesn't care what other coaches think. I, I prefer that more out of my players. You know me. I'm not a big sportsmanship guy. So if the players. I, oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> if the players want to walk off, that's one thing. I feel like the coaches should probably be at a little bit of a level uh, above that. And I'm not saying you need to hang out, make oh, out, no. hug, just walk, shake yeah. hand, walk away. Yeah. I don't even need you to say anything. You don't even need to say congrats, go win it. Or Carlisle anything. is a good coach, too. I yeah. like Carlisle. I know he's had some bad seasons with Dallas, but like overall, he's a really good coach. Uh, Terp got very defensive of me today on the Six Rings podcast because I well I made a comparison of the Celtics to the Chargers and I said both have anointed superstars who ain't won nothing yet. Now Tatum's been close to winning. Yeah, I mean Tatum's both have been. Chargers haven't won a playoff game. Tatum and Brown played the finals. I'm with Terp on this. Close. I think both have terrible coaches that hold back their talent in Uh, Brendan Staley and Joe Mazzulla. Yeah, oh, Staley and Missoula, I think, is more in lockstep than Herbert and Tatum. I'll give no, you a... JT. He I can like do JT. It. Where was he all night? Oh, yeah, he, he had a typical JT game, where on the paper, if I look at the stat sheet, it looks like he played well. But he didn't play well for the entirety of the game. I still say... I mean, he had 20 points tell in the me, second half. It, yeah. Did he shoot well in the first half? He did not. Okay. So I know you tell me that's just the NBA. That's the way it works. All the stars do that. He didn't shoot well in the first half, but they still, what were they up at the half? They were up like His inconsistencies are a problem. His inconsistencies are a problem. I I am going to go down with (laughs) that shit. Who's more inconsistent, Tatum or Brown? Who's supposed to be the best player? Tatum is the best player. He's not supposed to be. He is. Okay, so maybe be a little consistent. Like, he is the straw that stirs the drink. My, I love going to that Reggie Jackson line, yep. and yep, sometimes his straw is one of those right. cardboard ones that disintegrates in <laughs> oh, the liquid. Pa- paper straws, that's another they whole suck. Sh- I can do a whole show on that. And then you're like, can I get a plastic yeah. one? I don't care about the environment. Just give me something that sucks properly. <laughs> his name's Andy Hart. <laughs> uh, the one, We never talk Pacers for good reason, but I just want to say the Tyrese Halliburton uh, Sabonis trade from a couple years ago might be... Yep. The greatest trade ever where both teams are happy. Like, both teams are like, we gave up a great player who's great on that team, but we got a great player and we're happy with the. Like, usually. Well, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning. There's a. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> usually there's a, a clear winner in every trade, like by the end, especially after a couple of years. Like, both those guys made the all star team in their first year. And it was like straight up trade. Like that's. I'm actually interested in this now. My head, my head is. Yeah, like, I'm trying to think. Thinking. Find me a more fair trade than. Halliburton and uh, uh, Sabonis in the NFL what about, didn't. Um, I have a good NFL. Falcons one. get Michael Vick and the Chargers got Tomlinson and Breeze. For oh um, well, are you talking about like tra- like when you're talking about like picks? That's didn't a they bit- trade that? Didn't they trade down? Didn't the Chargers have the number one pick trade down? Or am I, am I making all of this up? So the Chargers had the number one pick and they got for uh Eli Manning they got Philip Rivers, Sean Merriman and Nate Cading. No, no, no. I think the other one. I thought the yeah. Mike Vick pick was traded from San Diego to Atlanta and Atlanta sent 
the pick that was Ladanian Tomlinson, oh, maybe. the second round pick that was Drew Brees and Tim Dwight. Jeez, maybe. Yeah, I that could be making in the two thousand draft. That's possible. Another good one for one was uh, Champ Bailey for Clinton Portis. Champ yeah. Bailey's a better player, but Clinton Portis was sick for like a little bit when the Broncos and, and Redskins made that deal. And, and Clinton Portis was nuts. Remember, yeah. he did that. He had that those get-ups that he would wear, those outfits, the oh, yeah. ego yep. personality guy. I don't mind that. You know what would have been the all-time great? What's that? You know that one that was shot down, but the, the Joe DiMaggio for Ted Williams deal. <laughs> That's true. I did get shut down. That would have been a good one. Oh, speaking of baseball, Hart, good segue. I want to get to baseball. There's a lot in the news right now. The Red Sox haven't done anything yet, but I know Hart trusts Breslow to get something done. I feel so, like I'm trusting him less by the minute. Thank you. Finally. So no, are the no, Red Sox no, no, going to no, do no, anything? No, 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 because he if he signs Yamamoto and gets one Soto, or oh gets, yeah, no, no, Yamamoto Soto package is long gone. All I need is two players who their last name ends in O, and I'll be happy. Yeah, I think you, you're getting Lucas. You couldn't Gialito. give me Otani because Otani were out. No, oh, Otani, you're not even on the board anymore. You're all out yeah. on Otani. That hurt. Well. Yep. All right. So we'll get to some of the uh, the free agents out there and how close or not close the Red Sox happen to be. 617-779-7937 is a full tank program here on the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart. Right now, here's Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now brought to you by Awaken 180. The Patriots have practice today. They get ready to head to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers on Thursday night. Kickoff at 8.15 p.m. Absent on the practice field was Ramondre Stevenson and Demario Douglas. A few other players on limited participation. Those players include Marcus Jones, Christian Gonzalez, Matthew Judon, Riley Reef, Tyrone Wheatley, Daniel Aquale, and Kendrick Bourne. Bailey Zappi looks to be your starting quarterback for Thursday night. Zappi spoke with Jones and Mego yesterday about the quarterback narrative on social media and throughout the media in general. I mean, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Um, I'm not going to tell anybody that, you know, what they say is wrong or right. Um, I think, you know, we're putting in a lot of work. We're trying our hardest to win games, and it's not the lack of effort, and it's not the lack of preparation. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't a shot at anybody. I mean, I guess you could take it that way, but. Um, You're yeah. smiling, so I feel like it's all <laughs> in fun. It's all in fun. It's the lack of ability. Monday Night Football last night, the Bengals beat the Jaguars 34-31 in Jacksonville. Tough news for the Jags, though, as Trevor Lawrence suffered what was initially diagnosed as an ankle sprain. He underwent an MRI today, according to NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero. Celtics off. Uh, Celtics are officially out of the in-season tournament after losing to Indiana last night, 122-112. to Jason Tatum had 32, Jalen Brown with 30, but the Seas couldn't stop all-star guard Tyrese Halliburton, who recorded the first triple-double of his career and completed a tie-breaking four-point play with a minute and a half left in the game. Seas off tonight. They play the loser of the Bucks and the Knicks, which will get played tonight in Milwaukee. Tip-off at 7.30. Celtics play the loser of that game on Friday night. Bruins back on the ice on Thursday when they'll host the Sabres at the TD Garden Puck drop at 7 p.m. Awaken 180 weight loss. Learn how Awaken 180 has a 98% customer satisfaction rating. Proven results when you choose a solution for weight loss at Awaken 180. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Ritz Keith Show coming up. Remember, you can listen to WEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEI. Now, more of the Rich Keith Show on WEI. 
It would seem there are one or two guys that are kind of creating the logjam right now. Is there a feeling that that logjam is maybe close to breaking? Do you have a sense of that yet? Hard to handicap that. Um, you know, I, I, I can certainly appreciate the sense that, you know, there are a few key dominoes that, that likely fall and then uh, things open up. When that happens, I'm not really sure. And, uh, you know, I think it's kind of up to us to run our, run our own race, uh, in, independent of um, what, what else is going on, identify the players that we think can help us and uh, you know, kind of act with, with conviction to, uh, to try to acquire them. There is Andy Hart's guy, the chief baseball officer of the Boston Red Sox, Craig Breslow, mm. who is telling Tom Karen there from Nesson that they're going to uh, run their own race. They're going to run their own race. Uh, I don't know if there are any Rosie winners. Rosie Ruiz. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, mean, yeah, I don't know if you can really win that. You, know, there's a, you are in a competition. Hate to break it to Breslow. There are uh, 29 other major league teams that are trying to win and I assume on some level trying to acquire some of these free agents. So good luck with that approach. Uh, I've never trusted this guy. Now, with that said, if he signs Yamamoto, he trades for Soto, and he does something else, then all right, I'll eat my words, and he's, he's the greatest GM of all time. But in the meantime, like I'm kind of nervous about where things are going. And you said a moment ago, by the day, you're losing a little bit of faith. A little bit. Uh, I'm trying to remain optimistic because, you yeah. know, I, I thought you could pull some things from even his first couple press conferences, interviews about acquisition and tough decisions and having to make trades and do certain things that I feel like he is desirous of doing some of the old yeah. school Red Sox things like. Yeah. But I also like the Yamamoto thing. Now it's like north of $300 million and everybody's Oof. lined up and the bidding is is growing and his workouts, he's like an NFL player, his workouts oh, are making did, the rounds on social media. Did you see his uh, workout video? Yeah. It looked more yeah. like uh, intense yoga. Yeah, yeah. He's like the most flexible guy I've you know ever what? seen. You know who else was flexible Who's and that? pliable? Tom Brady, pretty good, Tom played Brady. a long time, didn't get hurt a lot. Do you remember the Mac Jones video that was out there from Instagram where he oh, was just yeah. like walking on the wall and he was yeah. like, <laughs> he looked like a jackass? This oh, one was different. I don't know if you saw this. So Yamamoto, I'll try to find it during the break. There's, uh, He looks like Spider-Man. Like he's doing like this weird walk where he like keeps his hands and his feet on the ground and he like spins his whole torso it looks fake. It looks like he's made of rubber, this guy. Well, it looks like he maybe he has some martial arts backgrounds, a something. ninja background. I don't some know. Yoga mixed with Pilates, mixed with ninja. Uh, but I like <laughs> I it. I think you're like the ply he's got he's pliability through the through the roof. I love it. Um I so But you gotta no, pay I, shell out three hundred million dollars for a guy who's never pitched in the majors? Absolutely. Yeah. Why oh, not? I would. I would too. Yeah. Why not? It's just money. He's young, he's successful. He clearly works hard. You don't yeah. have to worry about him being like fat and lazy or any of that crap. Like he's not motivated. Like so I got into this debate last time Rob Bradford joined the show, which was like a couple of weeks ago. I was saying if he has the same career as Dice came out to Zaka, I wouldn't want him. Like that'd be a big letdown. Yeah. And Bradford was more like, I don't know, because like. Dice guy had a couple of years where like his stats were decent, but he was the most maddening pitcher to watch. Like as a Red Sox fan, he'd pitch five innings, he'd load the bases, he would take thirty seconds between pitches. Which I was going to say he can't. He can't so do it now. Yamamoto could actually not pitch the same way. Right, he would have to pitch the faster at least. But you're right. It used to be. Did he ever get out of the fifth inning? No, like, no. It took if I spent ever, I want an ace. I want an yes. old school ace. Yeah, yeah. Who every once in a while I'm like. 
Should we leave him in there to get the complete game shutout? Correct. You know, like that. I want to be in that world again. So um, John Morosi, the I believe the artist formerly known as John Paul Morosi, he had a tweet earlier today where he just said Yamamoto is one of the Red Sox top priorities at the MLB winter meetings, and that immediately gave me flashbacks to the last two years where the Red Sox were interested in every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there, and they didn't sign any of them. Yep. But they were interested. They, that's who they liked. They really wanted this guy. And you're like, okay, great. You're the Red Sox. You have a lot of money to spend. You should be in on these guys. But, I don't know, recent years would suggest that the Dodgers, the Mets, I guess even the Yankees still would have a better chance at signing these players than the Red Sox would. But I also go back to if it truly is your priority, what you just said, you're the Boston Red Sox, so sign him. So write a figure down that the other guy goes, oh, I can't, I I don't even need to ask the other teams. Right. If, if that's the number you're offering, yes, I'll take it. You can do that if you want to do that to be the Boston Red Sox. So, uh, I mean, th- didn't they overpay last year for Yoshi? I mean, like, they, a lot yeah, of people thought by they Yeah, ca- I guess you're right. I guess that they sort of did. But, like, overpaying for Yoshida versus overpaying for David Price, for example, like the Dave Dombrowski mm-hmm. came in and said they need a top of line starter. They bid like thirty million dollars more right. than like the Cardinals, but they got him. Right. So, so that's do that. they, like, right. Like does Breslow like a guy or two guys enough to do that and not do the well? Let's see what happens. Like you can't be the let's see what happens GM or all these guys are going to get scooped up and you're going to be left with the scraps. And let me ask you a question. And I don't know the fi- I know. A lot of the baseball operations department has carried over. So, does the fact that Yoshida was more what you thought he was going to be than others thought he was going to be, does that bolster your international scouting? Like, should they feel better? Like, wait, we we got that one right. So maybe we know what we're talking about. How things are going to translate to Major League Baseball? Yeah, possible. Yeah, I think. And so. if so, that's another reason to say. Yeah. Okay, we feel really good about this guy. We're willing to spend. We're we're willing to go the yeah. extra mile. I think Rob likes to say uncomfortable. How uncomfortable do these yeah, yeah, yeah. GMs want to get? I yeah. think that's how he likes to describe it. But it's not uncomfortable if you know what you're talking about. True. Right? right. I, I say it all the time. You never regret the contract. You regret the player. Yeah, right. If you if you get the player right, if you nail the hell out of he's this, he's an ace, or he's a middle of the, mm-hmm. the lineup bat, or He's a quarterback who's going to start every week, right? Like, but you, you also have care. to project a little bit because, like, Chris Sale was the right player, but they gave him the wrong contract at the wrong time. Like, well, he was good. They what they traded for Chris Sale was one hundred percent right. What they right. then later signed him to was wrong. And then but not if to, he pitched. No, if but he, he pitched. He'd be yeah, fine. But there was so many. There's a lot of red flags about so, him maybe not pitching. Well, yeah, the biggest red flag is he looks like a toothpick. How, how <laughs> yes. would we ever think that that guy would break? He whips his arm way out here. It's twiggy right. and it like. So, so, do you care that the Red Sox aren't in on Shohei Otani now? Like it has, it's gotten down to what feels like a Final Four. Although there were rumors last night that he might just return to the Angels, which was right. ridiculous. So, you know what offends me? What's the that? Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are a little like uh, I'm offended for the city of Boston and the Boston <laughs> right. Red Sox. Like, I'm okay if he goes to the Dodgers. I'm okay if he stays with the Angels. I'm okay if he goes to the Yankees. Hell, I'd be okay if he went to the Braves or whatever. Yeah, the Braves are on the Cubs or another one. But the Blue Jays? The Blue Jays. Whoa, 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 whoa. Toronto What's wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. we're behind the Blue Jays now? That would offend me a little bit and, if I were the Boston Red yeah, Sox. Yeah, I think there's, like, the whole, 
you know, marketing angle to it and all of that. Then there's the on-field part where the Blue Jays were already better than the Red Sox. They have yeah. Guerrero and Bichette. You can put Otani in between those guys. He can just hit 40 home runs this year, then join their rotation in a year from now. And now you're the Red Sox. You're looking up at the Orioles, who have two of the best young players and the best farm system. The Yankees, who are willing to spend every year. The Rays are always somehow good. And then now the Blue Jays might get Otani. Oh, my God. Like that, You might be stuck in the basement for a while. Plus, it made me think. Do they is is Toronto? Do they speak uh, French there? Are there any French speaking? I don't know there? if it's like Montreal. I don't know because that would be weird if he had to do like doubly translated interviews and stuff. <laughs> if he had to have a translator for. I think they could figure it out. They'd get they'd get, they'd get a new guy. Could get complicated. It could be, but I think if they offer him six hundred uh, American dollars, I'm sure he'll be there. I don't know, Canadian dollars, what's the conversion rate? Although now it's like pretty close to even, isn't it? Last time I was I, there, I it was it is, like, actually. I'm like, how much do I get for this? They're like, same amount. I was like, <laughs> come on, really? So are you are you preparing yourself to be disappointed? Yes, I am. I think Already? Yeah, I think right now, I don't think they're going to get Yamamoto. We know they're not getting Shohei Otani. The other latest from John Morosi was that uh, the Red Sox are one of five teams in on Lucas Giolito. Okay. If you want Giolito, they still they remain the favorite for Jordan Montgomery, who that I would doesn't take. Really excite me. Thank you. I'm with you. Like I like that helps. Fine. Do I think you're better? Right. You'll have better pitching. Yes. But is that the guy that I'm supposed to be like? Oh, Breslow, my man. Well, no. Yeah. Hell, like no. And if anything, Montgomery would uh, say they were uh, like their roster was different and they were a playoff team last year. And you're like, all right, we don't need to go crazy, but you always need to look to improve. And then they added Montgomery to that. You're like, oh, okay. I I want Pedro. Yeah, they need to me. That's what I'm hoping you get with Yamamoto. I don't know if it'll work. I don't. But I want like that next big thing. That that guy that I want to watch. A that entertains me. That has some buzz factor to him. But also that I think if you're right and we hit this. This is the ace of my set. This is the yes. guy I'm talking about for three years, five years, seven years. Hopefully he doesn't blow team, his arm like, out. Whatever. They desperately need somebody that at least once a week it is like must watch, must listen. They need don't that they guy. they need that more than anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why they So why don't things. they pay? I don't know. I don't know. No. I thought you were my sock sniffer guy. You you had all the inside info. I don't know info. if I'm a sock sniffer. I'm not really Doesn't pro sound like Craig Breslow. I'm a little worried about Craig Breslow. What if they did this? How would you feel if... They got Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell. Or if they got like Blake Snell and Lucas Giolito. So two starters. Better. Better, right? Like so definitely better. So at least now Brian Bayo is your third. Yep. And it's not the like must see, like, oh, those jerseys are gonna fly off the shelf, but you're like, are you that's a pretty good rotation all of a sudden if you get two of those guys. Right. And I feel like you may be laying a foundation. Yeah. For the last couple of years you've been last place, but yeah. trying to talk me into we're in it in August and we're in it at the like with those two guys atop the rotation, I feel better. Like you may actually be in it longer. You yeah. may actually be in it through the end of the year, but you're right, it doesn't excite me. It yeah. doesn't get me all hot and bothered and you know, going out to subscribe to whatever that Nesson three sixty. Yeah, nobody's thing doing is. that. No. no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't anyway. I, I, do, that I think it's. Example. But like, there is, there is, and not to just be uh, like a doomsday person, but there yeah. is, there is a possibility that Shohei Otani goes to the Blue Jays, Yamamoto goes to the Yankees, and then you're left being like, "Well, you guys like Lucas Giolito." I'm like, yeah, I like him. I don't love him. <laughs> like, I like, like, he's better than what you have, but I'm not like losing my mind over it. But that, 
That's all possibility. All right. Uh, Paul in Rhode Island is back, and he has a oh. rebuild plan for us. Paul, what do you have? Listen. All right. Listen. Yep, listening. My bottle my bottle is, is talking to me. I have a crystal bottle, okay? Okay. Let me tell you something. It's empty. Can you just <laughs> empty? Not yet, but oh. it's red breast, baby. Got it's, it. It's one above Jameson. Sure. Let me tell you something. All right. We the fans want the best in the in high monarchy team like the Red Sox and in, in, in the Patriots. All I want is if if you just build around the Patriots, okay, huh? the quarterback will just fill in. Just go after the building around the Patriots, okay? You know Iowa. Sure. Yeah, the yeah they, got, they, got the, they got the caucus. Look what they did for the Lions. Look what they did for the Lions. Campbell, and there's more. But there's, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. And they traded. The next thing you know is that we have a chance to just do not go after the quarterback. Build around the team, okay? And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, don't, don't worry about the quarterback, all right, I heard it. I heard it. All right, all right, Paul. All right, all right. I thought maybe part way, maybe we'd get a baseball rebuild, but you want to talk Pat's rebuild, which is fine. If you want to get in on the Patriots rebuild, we were talking about that in the first hour as well. Don't uh, worry about the quarterback. They need get 40 other guys. That's Paul's advice. Because that's Forget the problem. the quarterback. Yeah, It'll he, fall into place. That's not good. That's not good advice, Paul. That's not good advice. People shouldn't listen to that. You can't forget about the quarterback. The quarterback still is the mm-hmm. most important position in sports. Pick a sport. It's the most important one. And I'm also going to say no one has ever forgotten about the quarterback. They've lucked into fortuitous quarterback situations. Like Brock Purdy fell in their lap, but they traded three first-round picks to get Trey Lance. They didn't forget Correct. about the quarterback. Correct. They were very fortunate that when they blew that plan, yeah. that Purdy got, fell in. Or the I got Patriots. two other ones. I got two other ones for you. The Tampa Bay Bucks, who got Tom Brady, they used the number one overall pick on Jameis Winston. Yeah. The New York Jets, who tried Aaron Rodgers this year, used the number two pick on Zach Wilson. So maybe Paul and others would say, well, that like that's the thing is you could fall into it. It's like, yeah, but it t- it's not as easy when your whole roster is in the state that it's in. It's impossible to enter the draft next year. And let's say they do avoid the quarterback right, for the sake of argument. Okay. So they need to get two wide receivers. They need to get two offensive linemen. They need to get probably a tight end. They need to get a linebacker, and they probably need like a corner. Like you can't, you can't get all of those things. Be a great draft. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be the greatest draft of all time. Is what we're talking about here. But yeah, so that like, and I think he's also you're you're cherry picking like the San Francisco 49ers and maybe the Eagles. Although I, I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I think he's really good. There's not a lot of teams that have that complete roster, and then you drop in a quarterback. That's tough. To, that's really tough to do. And certainly not a lot of teams that have about a ten year history of drafting very poorly. So I'm saying, like, look at the Patriots' first three rounds over the last ten years, and how many guys do you really love on there? They they almost have a better track record f- rounds four through six. Oh, are you making an argument to trade down out of the first <laughs> pick and no, get as many picks as should, possible on day three? It shouldn't matter because it shouldn't be the same guy drafting those players anyway. It should start fresh. No, it, it won't it, be. Another person's legacy. All right. It won't be. I'm saying it. Yeah. If Bill Belichick is making that pick, I don't know what else. People, what are you going to do? Shave my head. Yeah. 
Mm, it's be been better. done. We need we Whatever. need to get Hart on the record. If Bill's making the pick I in like April, it. he's got to do something, some real silly goose routine on uh, on draft night, like that Fitzy thing when he dove in the river with the the. Oh yeah, the no, not that. Don't do that. Oh, we gotta oh, talk no. to we gotta talk to Ken. By the way, Stiz, schedule a meeting with Ken because what? we were looking at, and Hart's gonna be there. He's gonna be my proxy. That's right. You guys figure no the draft night. There's like a Red Sox game on the first and second night of the draft. Oh, that's terrible. I know. We need a draft show somehow, some way. Well, we could stream it. Yeah, maybe. Nah, I don't really want to do that. I would like a real show. I'd like real a real radio. show on real radio. Can we just bump the Sox to 850? I think so. I don't okay, think, then do that. I don't know if they love that. They might not. Well, you know what? I'll make a promise to them. Yeah. Look at Dill, Reds... Dill Pickle in the chat says, you guys better do a draft show. I agree. You yes, we have to. Yeah. But I'll make a deal with the Red Sox. We'll promise not to bump you to 850 on draft night mm-hmm. if you sign Yamamoto and go get Soto. Good point. Let's see how this free agency goes, and then we'll discuss. Right. Then we'll circle back you on it. You can earn the yeah. right to be on the mothership, 93-7. Yeah. If not, we bump you for the more exciting draft yeah. of yeah. Marvin Harrison or Drake May. The future, sure. you have the opportunity to control your future right now. It just takes, like... I don't know, $700 million. <laughs> Go get it. a couple of players. That's it. And if you don't do that, if you're not willing to invest that, then right. why should we invest We're our time yep. in you? We're taking We're taking two nights from you. Uh, people also liked, uh, Paul, their hashtag, build around the team. His yeah, point is, that was that great. Meant. Build around the Patriots. Build around the Patriots. Yeah. So um, what they have, Patriot plays. That's, like what, they've done that's, a nice the, job. that's kind Bass of the problem. Throw. That's kind of the problem. They got all We'd Patriots. like them to actually yeah. build the team, Correct. build the offense, build that's it. the players. That's it. All right, you can join the program. Uh, talking really uh, Patriots and Red Sox rebuild, as it turns out. 617-779-7937. Also, I want to get Hart's take on the uh, college football playoff. Who was left out? Who is in? If he has any uh, passionate thoughts on that. Uh, more of the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart coming up next year on WEI. If you missed any of our Patriots Monday and Friday interviews, go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart, WEEI. You can join us at 617-779-7937. Talking about uh, the Patriots draft, of all things, as well as Red Sox free agency. Been quiet, maybe too quiet so far. But one thing I've been following uh, a lot more closely this year, it feels like, than the previous years, is just college football in general. Not only the guys that the Patriots might draft, but also the whole uh, drama with the college football playoff. And Fitzy and I hit on it briefly yesterday, Hart, but uh, Michigan, Washington, both undefeated. They're your top two seeds. Texas and Alabama win their conference championship. They leapfrog up three and four. Florida State, who has the uh, injured star quarterback, undefeated season out. And Georgia, who was number one all year long, finally lost in the SEC title game. They're also out. What's your biggest takeaway from the college football selection? Um. That the college football playoff is not a reward or something that is earned for your by your season. It is an effort by a committee to just put the most entertaining four teams, matchups, make money, TV revenue experience together. Yeah. And I think that's clear. There was even 
um, a tweet going around showing some of their, uh, I don't know if they're called bylaws, whatever, the criteria they're yeah. supposed to use. Yep. And it includes availability of star players it or does. coaches that it, could alter the the game. So, it, you, like, we have this belief that playoff, right, playoff, you earned your right. You, right. you control your season, and that'll earn you your spot. Turns That's out, not what this is. No, no. This is more like a um, boxing card or something where yeah. you're putting together guys that you think will be a good fight, like you think the public wants to see. And that's fine if you're sort of open with that. I like. There's a, definitely a confusion. Like Florida State feels like, wait, I thought this was a true playoff. Like we earn our spot in there. We go undefeated. Right. We take care. Because I do think it's important to note they've won two games, including their conference championship, with a backup quarterback. Yeah, I think that's a significant detail because if there was more of the unknown, if Jordan Travis got hurt fourth quarter of the ACC title game, right. I could say, like, well, I don't yep. really know. No, they won their rivalry game on the road, and then they beat Louisville, who was in the top 15. So right. even though on paper it wouldn't look great and they'd have to win it on defense, but guess what? I think they could. Florida State should be in there. I think they 100%. Should be in there. You can't have two one-loss teams leapfrog over Florida State. That, to me, is asinine. And I actually think, in a different world where Florida State doesn't exist, I would be arguing that Georgia's getting screwed. Because this is going back to the old school days of, if you lose earlier in the season... Lose week one or two, people forget about it. Absolutely. But if you lose late, it ends your season. And I don't really understand totally how that works. It's also... The la- this has been the greatest argument yet, and I know they're already doing it, for the expanded playoff. Like, thank God we're getting to an expanded playoff where we'll argue about, you know, the 13th, oh, 14th, yeah. 15th. But also, tw- like, they've gone too far. Like, for years, they they didn't even do one, and college football made no sense to me. Like, as a kid watching, be like, so when do the two best teams play? It's like, well, they don't because they're in different conferences, and so right. you got to compare the Rose Bowl winner to the Sugar Bowl winner, and, like, imagine if they played, like, yeah, they probably should and they wouldn't and it was confusing and then they went to four which is overall good but it should be eight and now they're jumping to 12 next year like i don't need 12 12? i mean i'll take it it's better than four but eight eight seems too obvious you have like the five power five although now you're getting into a whole thing like there might not even be a power five anymore the pac 12 is just (laughs) imploding on itself but yeah I, i think at least next year it'll be more fair the, so, But then what's interesting is in the Orange Bowl, Florida State and Georgia play. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like the winner of this game can, like, declare themselves the national champion. They'll be like, <laughs> oh, we're, we're national champs, especially if Florida State wins. If Florida State wins 14-0. They should. Like, we're champs. We are, the, we are uh, national champs. Who was that? South Florida did it a couple years ago? Central, uh, Florida? Central Florida, I believe, went undefeated, right? Yeah. I think it was Central Florida. And they declared themselves like national <laughs> Yeah, they should. Like we, won, we just won. It's like boxing. Just start a new. We are the IBF World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. So, yeah, I've also seen some people suggest like Florida State just not even play. And I'm like, you know what? I no, would, I'd be okay with that do, too. No. Screw you. Go, Screw I'm, you. I'm not surprised I hear that uh-huh. from you, Rich Chief. Uh-huh. No, I would win my game. I would try to like if they obviously could, try. But yeah, like yeah, if yeah. you can beat Georgia in no. impressive fashion, they're the best team in the country. Then if they do that, I think you can make a very strong <laughs> yeah. argument for that. And but you know it, they're getting what they want. There's a lot of interest. There'll probably be a couple good football games. Like, yeah, college football. Everybody says it is the second biggest sport in America. It behind is the yeah. NFL now. And if uh, the committee will be if it's Alabama and Texas both winning and playing each other in the final, then the committee is going to be like, see, I told you. But, but if Michigan and Washington win and then Florida State wins their game, it's going to be like, oh, whoops. Like maybe we 
I also, screwed that up. Like, I root against a lot of these people. Like, I don't really oh, yeah. like Nick Saban. I don't no. like Harbaugh. I'm so sick of Harbaugh telling me that God's on their side. Yeah, and it's yeah. Michigan versus everyone, yeah. and uh, like that. Whoever that the assistant was that was bawling oh, that his eyes screaming. out. Like, I love you. I could. I, love you I so couldn't. Much. I kind of like uh, Corum, the running back. But other than yeah. that. They all I could not root more against. Real quick, if you were, if it was up to you, what would the four teams be? If it was up to me, it would be FSU. Yep. It would be Washington. It would be has to be Michigan. The three Michigan. undefeateds. Yeah, the three undefeateds, and then who's your fourth? I would probably put Georgia. Yeah, I would go Texas because I, I, I kind of want Georgia to have a chance to win it. I get it. No, that's I mean, not really a great argument. They but. have a case. I would go Texas just because Texas has the win over Alabama. Alabama yeah. has the win over Georgia. So if you use the what is that the uh, transitive the, transitive property. property? Yeah, there you go. I think that's what it is. But all right, two hours down, two hours to go. We'll get back to your phone calls here at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Patriots uh, two and ten got us already talking about what you would do at the top of the draft plus. Tier Tuesday coming up at 820 here on WEEI.